This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Building a Better Life. In these lessons, Pastor Rick dives into the Bible and shows us how God can take a difficult situation and use it to help you build a better future. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you how you can get a hardcover copy of Pastor Rick's wonderful book, The Purpose of Christmas, just in time for the season. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Resuming Life After Captivity. Number one, expect to have mixed emotions as you re-enter, happy and sad and all over the place. Number two, pause before you get really involved and write down the lessons so you don't waste what happened this last year. Here's the third principle that we learn from these five books that are about uh, encouragement after the exile, okay? Resuming life after captivity, we now get to a prophet named Haggai. Okay, and he wrote to encourage people too as they were trying to resume normal life after being in captivity for a period. Here's the third thing evaluate everything before resuming it. All right, this is going to be really important for you to do for your future. Evaluate everything, reevaluate everything you do before you automatically resume it. Don't just automatically say, well, I'm gonna go back and start doing everything I did before the pandemic. Because there was some stuff you were doing before the pandemic and it's likely that some of those activities you shouldn't restart. And what's happening right now is God is giving you an opportunity to reset your entire life. Now's the time to do it, to reset your entire life. He's giving you the opportunity to establish new habits and patterns and, and uh, to go back and automatically start things that you've, uh, you, you've always done is dumb. And there are actually some things you've always wanted to start doing, but you didn't have time for them because you were doing other things. And there are things that God wants you to stop doing because they were harmful to you. So as I said, God is giving you an amazing opportunity to reset your life. That's what this series is all about and build a better life, a better, a better you for the rest of your life. But that begins with evaluating and analyzing uh, and examining what you were doing uh, before and then deciding, do I want to keep doing that? Or do I want to restart that? Or do I? No, no, I don't. I, I didn't. I don't miss it. Now, here's what God said in this third principle through the prophet Haggai. Haggai chapter one, verses seven and eight. He says this. This is what the Lord Almighty wants you to do. He's talking to people who've come out of captivity. This is what the Lord Almighty wants you to do. Take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over, he says. You've spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layers of clothes, but you can't get warm. What's he talking about here? Unfulfillment, the sense of frustration. He goes, you're frustrated because all your needs aren't being met. 
you're not getting what you want out of life. He says, you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Okay, he says, okay, I know, God says, I know you're frustrated. You've been frustrated by this last year. And then he says this, so give serious thought to your ways. Now, this is great advice from Haggai, but actually Haggai is speaking for God. And God is telling you to do this. And to not do it would be disobedient. So one of the principles in, in, in getting set up for your future, building a better you on this time to reset your life, God says you need to admit your frustrations. You need to admit your lack of fulfillment. I, I, you know, I keep eating, but I'm not satisfied. I keep drinking, but I'm still thirsty. He's, these are metaphors for dissatisfaction. He says, just admit it and ask yourself, why am I so unfulfilled? And if what I was doing before the pandemic was so unfulfilling, why in the world should I start it up again just because I got the freedom to do it? Just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. Do I just want to restart the rat race? No. Now, again, let me give you a homework assignment, okay? We're getting started here. Instead of making a to-do list this week, I want you to make a don't-do list, okay? Don't make a to-do list this week. Make a don't-do list. What are some of the things that I used to do that I'm not going to restart? Examine your life. Evaluate it before you automatically resume anything. Socrates is famous for saying, the unexamined life is not worth living. Now that's not Socrates, our worship leader, that's the Socrates, the, you know, the poet and the philosopher. The wisest man who ever lived, his name was Solomon, once said this, Proverbs 19, verse two, zeal without knowledge is not a good thing. And a person who moves too quickly may go the wrong way. Now, what's he talking about here? He's saying zeal is not a good thing if it doesn't have knowledge. What's zeal? Zeal is enthusiasm. Zeal is passion. Zeal is excitement. Zeal is excitement. He says, before you get all excited about all the restored freedom, yeah, we're not restricted anymore. I can go out and do things. Some of the things you're doing, you shouldn't do. He's saying some things are not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. So he says, evaluate everything before resuming it. This is your chance again for a reset. Now this leads me to the fourth principle. I'm giving seven of them today that are just kind of setting the course for where we're going, building a better you. Here's number four. These post-exile prophets say this, engage slowly. Don't get in a hurry. Go slow. Don't be in a rush to restart everything all at once just because you have the freedom to do it. Let me just tell you something you may not realize. You don't have the same energy level that you did. You say, how do you know that? Because you've been in a trauma for a year and trauma drains you. And like Lights attached to a battery, the more lights you attach to it, the quicker it drains. You have, every day this trauma has gone on, you've been being drained. You don't have the same energy level you did before. So be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and go slow. Don't try to start everything all at once. 
Now, we all know, we've all been eager, we've all been in a hurry for this pandemic to be over, and we've all felt a little impatient, but God knows what he's doing, and his timing is perfect. And you know what? God is never in a hurry. We have not a single example of scripture where God is in a hurry. We don't have any example of Jesus running anywhere. One time his best friend, Lazarus, was dying, who was only half a day away, and it took Jesus three days to get there. Why? God had a better plan. He was going to resurrect uh, uh, Lazarus, not just heal him. So I'm sure they're thinking, why is it taking him three days to get half a day's walk? because God's timing is perfect. God wants you to trust him. You know, the people who are in a hurry to get everything to go back to the way they imagine that it was uh, in the past, the prophet Habakkuk had a word for them. And let me show you that verse. Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, God says this, at the appointed time, at the appointed time, that I have decided everything I've planned will happen, okay? So God not only has a plan, but he has a timetable. And God says this, you can trust what I say about the future, but he says, it won't happen all at once. If you're taking notes, circle, star, underline, point an arrow to that. You can trust what God says about the future, but he says, it won't happen all at once. God is not in a hurry. It says, it may seem like it's taking a long time, but be patient and keep waiting because the vision will surely, that means certainly, happen. Now, this might be a verse that you want to write out and put on a card and post it on your refrigerator as a reminder to be patient and to engage slowly. You don't have the same energy level you did before. Now, you know, this is such a common problem that God reminded his people of this principle, going slow, uh, and, and the principle, I call it the principle of pacing, many, many different times in scripture. In fact, hundreds of years earlier, before this 70 year period of captivity, the Israelites were getting ready to possess the promised land after they'd been in captivity for 400 years in Egypt. And they're getting ready to go in and God warned them that the possession of the land was not gonna be instant and that their progress would be gradual. Did you hear this? Progress is always gradual and it will be measured and progress would be incremental, not instant. There is no switch we can flip where everything's going to just change and immediately go back to the way it was before. There is no such switch. And on top of that, some things you can't go back to. But God has a plan. And part of that plan includes a slower timetable than you want and that everybody else wants. Let me read you the verse. Exodus 23, 29 and 30. God told this to the Israelites. He said this, as they're, they're coming out of the captivity of Israel, Egypt, and they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And God says this, I'm not going to get rid of all your enemies in a single year. Do you hear that? All your problems aren't going to be gone in a single year because the land would then be deserted and unmanaged and wild animals would multiply quickly beyond your control. So God says, instead, 
I'm going to drive out the enemy, all these problems that are in the land. It's promised land. I'm going to give you the whole land. But instead, I'm going to drive them out slowly, little by little. That's pacing growth, little by little, until you have grown strong enough to take full possession of the land. Now, I want you to notice in that verse that I just read that God's slower timetable is always for our benefit. Okay, you're in a hurry. God is not. God says, I, I'm not going to get rid of this problem instantly. Instead, I'm going to remove it gradually so that you can grow strong enough, notice, to take full possession of all the blessings that I want to give you. Now, you might write that one down. In fact, write this down. God's sovereign plan, in God's sovereign plan, delays are always for our benefit. Write that down. In God's sovereign plan for your life, delays are always for your benefit. So go slow. Pacing growth. Don't try, Rome isn't built in a day. Don't try to just flip a switch and say, we're gonna go back to the way it was. Now we've only covered four of these seven principles that we learned from God's word in resuming life after a trauma or a crisis or a period of captivity. But I decided to interrupt my own sermon and stop right here and divide this message into two parts. And the reason I decided to do this is for a couple reasons. First is that I've already given you two homework assignments to apply what you've learned so far in this message this week. And I gave you those from the second and third principle. And I don't want to overload you in your first week back. So let me wrap it up real quickly with a review. First, God wants you to realize that having mixed emotions after all of the changes this past year is normal and it's natural and it's human and it is to be expected. So be kind to yourself and be kind to everybody else. You're going to have often conflicting emotions as you re-enter because so many things have changed. Second, God wants you to pause right now. Pause this week and take the time to think through and write down the lessons uh, that you learned this past year, okay? Before you get all involved in everything else, you want to be able to remember those lessons so you don't have to learn them again. And you wanna be able to pass them on to others, including future generations. The third thing we said is that God wants you to evaluate everything before you resume it, as you move back into the world. And there are probably some things that you don't need to resume. And I'm gonna explain a little bit more about that in part two of this message. Finally, in the point I just shared, Fourth, God wants you to re-engage slowly. So don't be in a hurry to restart everything suddenly all at once. It's not flipping a switch. It's more like a dimmer turning up. And, and all the things that you were doing before the pandemic hit, you don't need to start them all back up immediately. In fact, realize that coming out of a very stressful and traumatic year, you don't have the same level of energy. As I said, you don't have that same level of energy as you did before the pandemic. And remember, God's timing is different than yours and God is never in a hurry. Now the key 
to these all four principles, these first four that we've looked at. The key to all of these actions, plus the other three that I'm gonna teach you in part two of this message is this. Don't depend on your own willpower to do these things. Rely on God's spirit to give you the insight and the direction and the wisdom and the power to re-enter the world in a healthy way. How do you get that power? Well, it's real simple. From a daily connection with Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, you need to start a daily connection, a daily time with God. If you've never had any connection with Jesus Christ, it would be my honor to lead you in a prayer as we close today. So if you've never opened your life to Christ, follow me in this prayer and let me introduce you to my best friend, Jesus Christ. I've known him for over 60 years. I've walked with the Lord for a long time. So let's bow our heads. Just say something like this. Dear God, I wanna get to know you. Just say that. Dear God, I wanna get to know you. Thank you for making me and loving me and thank you for having a purpose for my life. I wanna know your purpose for my life. And I wanna be healthy in re-entering the world after this pandemic. So Jesus Christ, as much as I know how, I ask you to come into my life and save me. Give me your forgiveness and your power and your purpose and your peace in my life. I open myself to you, I humbly ask you to lead me and be my Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord, and you need to tell somebody, and why don't you tell me? Write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at pastorrick.com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in your new journey with the Lord. God bless you. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy that you've chosen to study along with us today. Did you know you can start every day with hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick? Well, you can when you sign up to receive his life-changing Bible teaching delivered directly to your inbox. Just go to PastorRick.com and sign up for his free Daily Hope devotional. Don't miss out. Sign up right now at PastorRick.com. Rick will be right back to close out our time today, but first, for some of us, Christmas can bring up feelings of sadness, discontent, and regret, and that can make it really hard to get into the spirit of the season. And because of this, Rick wants you to have this beautifully illustrated book he's written called The Purpose of Christmas. Here's Rick with more. Have you noticed that people are more open to talking about Jesus at Christmas than at any other time of the year? Regardless of their religious background or their problems or the circumstances, everybody needs to know that Jesus loves them, that Christmas means that God has a plan for their life and that God is with us. So this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to share the story of Christmas with your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Now, one of the ways you can do this is through a little book I wrote called The Purpose of Christmas. It explains the true meaning of Christmas and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 
And when you give somebody a copy of The Purpose Christmas, it's going to start a conversation with them about Jesus and about the purpose of his love and the purpose for their lives. You can invite them to a Christmas Eve service at your church. This month, I'd like to send you a copy of this book, The Purpose of Christmas. You can read it. You can pass it on to a friend who needs to know the true meaning. This book is sure to become a beloved family favorite, to be read every Christmas and be shared with your friends who may not know how much God loves them. We'll send you a hardcover copy of the inspiring and beautifully illustrated book, The Purpose of Christmas, when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the certain hope of Jesus to people around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And thanks so very much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.